right, y'all, get ready for another edition of News and Trends with your host, Dave and Lynn. Welcome, welcome, welcome to News and Trends with Dave and Lynn. I am one of your hosts, Mr. David Coker, proprietor of Dave Mark Inc., promoter, event planner, all-around good guy, and man about town. I'm hanging out with my partner, Mr. Leonard Young. What's going on, sir? Hey, Dave. Everything is good. This is Leonard Young, CEO of National Black Guy, DelawareBlack.com. All-around good guy. Everything is good, Dave. No complaints. Yeah, well, it's yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we have a snow-free week so far, <laughs> so that's good. Uh, you know, well, I don't know if it's good. I mean, if it snows during the week, I don't have a big problem as long as it's enough to keep us from going to work. You know, so yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, but 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 Dave, I can't I, I can't lie. I'm I'm ready for one of them snows to shut down the state. You know, just just four or five days. That's it. When's the last time we really had something like that, though? I don't know. It's been a long time. It really has. I mean, last week's snow was the closest that we've been in a long time to stuff shutting down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't had a good 10-footer in a long time, right. nine or 10-footer in a long time. So, and, and, and that's interesting because I don't know what that, means i mean you ever thought about how why that hasn't happened or is the globe i mean global warming we, they've been talking about it for a long time do you believe in go- global warming yeah that, i mean to be honest i, I feel like global warming is a fact the science mm. and and that's probably the reason for why we haven't had the weather even in the places where snow is common they're not getting snow the way they used to you know, um, so it's it's very interesting, and um, but you know it'll fool around. We're, we're going to February Black History Month, and in another day or two, uh, another two days, I should say. And next thing you know, we'll be talking about spring again. Yeah, we <laughs> I will. Mean, spring, summer. Crazy. I mean, the the seasons uh, the seasons just go by so fast. You can already see it staying light longer now and you know it's 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 just interesting i mean it seems like the world is just accelerated right now really crazy really crazy so but anyway uh we want to welcome you guys to tuning in to news and trends with the podcast to listen to um you know um so we thank you for taking the time to listen to us tonight so we're going to go ahead and get right into our stories. Um, um, let's see. I guess I'll bring up the first story. Well, oh, and I, I, you know, I had a conversation. I meant to tell you this, Leonard. I had a conversation. Okay. With, uh, and they said, you know, said one of the things that makes our everybody else is really talking about. You know, because everybody wants to talk about the big stories, you know, 
um, and the obvious stories that are out there. And people get tired of hearing that. Um, and, and I think what happens is with with that, you hear that um, because of that, we have um, we try to make sure that we give the stories that um, that work best for us and to give you a little more insight on the things that you may not hear about. So we got a couple of those stories today. All right. Um, let me just say that that good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that okay. Sounds good. Dave. Okay. All right. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about this first story. Um, it's titled black maternal um, mortality. Family files $42 million lawsuit against Brooklyn Hospital after mother dies in childbirth. Doctors demanded a C-section. So let me give you a little background. 30-year-old Christine Fields barely got to spend time with her child when she delivered into, uh, which she delivered into the world. She gave birth at Wood, Woodhall Hospital in November 2023 where she died hours after giving birth via C-section. According to New York Times article, investigators from the New York um, Department of Health have determined that errors made by hospital employees during the birthing procedure are directly responsible for um, Fields' death. Fields was in labor when the staff noticed that the baby's heart rate had dropped significantly and believed that the C-section was the best course of action to save the child's life. The surgical staff are said to have failed to inform others of complications described as uterine arterial injury, which led to, to bleeding, pooling in, um, in fields extremities instead of pumping to her heart. The family's lawyer, Sanford Rubenstein, or Rubenstein, noted that this child was from, was the third for Perez and Fields. Three children ages three, five, and a newborn infant will now be raised without, without a mother. The Neen Witherspoon, Christine's mother, expressed a similar sentiment. My daughter was healthy. She was my heart. And now I have to help raise these kids that don't have a mother. She was the second woman to die at the hands of this inept Woodhall Hospital staff. Back in July 2020, a 26-year-old woman named Shaw Asia um, Semple died as a result of reckless epidural that was penetrated too deeply in her back and subsequently administered a full dose of anesthesia in addition to having a, an oxygen tube placed incorrectly. We hope this family gets enough money to shut the place down for good. The Black maternal health crisis in America is real, and people need to be louder about the lack of care that our women are receiving from medical professionals. I wanted to read all of that because you and I have talked about this in the past about... Mm -hmm. You know where I'm going with this. The right. the, the health care that is given to black women, um, especially by medical professionals in these hospitals and in their 
private practices. You just heard me read that story about this young lady dying because of poor practices. And she's the second one to die in, in a couple of years. Um, you know, and this hospital is still open. They're still doing these procedures. I, I, I'm surprised people still go there. What's your thoughts about what I just read about? Yeah, you know, Dave, I think it's hard because as, and, and I know it sounds funny, I just compared to social media. As much as we think people know about certain situations or certain places to avoid, there's always a group of people who just don't know. So, I mean, right. even those, even those stuff happened there in the past, I mean, it's, and you know, like, I'll, like, I'll just compare it to this. And, and Dave, Dave, <laughs> you always joke with me, but you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was on Facebook. But, you know, if I take a week off of Facebook, you know, even though everyone's kind of solid and, you know, if you're on Facebook, it's a, a normalcy, you know, like, you know, it, it, if you just took a break, you know, you missed it. So and, you know, I think a lot of times we don't pay attention to stuff until it happens to someone we know, you know, true. So. true. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, no, I mean, not, nothing against uh, our local hospital, but I'm sure stuff happened to our local hospital that we, you know, we don't always hear about unless we're connected to it. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, you know, you figured that at some point there had been mistakes that had happened. I mean, you know, we we're in the, you know, uh, for those outside of Delaware that listen to the show, you know, uh, we have a. Uh, hospital here that kind of runs our state and um you know but there's different parts to that hospital and different locations and different clinics and so forth and you know of course we don't know everything that's going on with all of these hospitals but you know i'm sure i mean i was in the medical field for 10 years and i used to teach a class on um on um um different things that lead to lawsuits and malpractice suits. And you'd be surprised some of the stories that I used to tell some of my students in reference to things that were happening in hospitals and doctor's offices and stuff like that, that led to malpractice. And, 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 um, you know, you hear, you, you, you ever, you know, you hear the term like malfeasance and stuff like mm -hmm. that is, you know, You'd be surprised, man, some of this stuff, man. I I used to sit there and I used to tell these stories about stuff that was going on with these hospitals and everything. And people and mouths would be open wide. It's like, wow. Right. Leaving stuff in people. And I mean, it was just the craziest stuff, man. You know, so so I really feel for this family. And um <clears throat> I, you know, 42 million is a lot of money. It but it's still not a nice. lot of money. You know what I mean? You right. know, considering um, you lost a life, these, mm -hmm. this family has to raise these, you know, the grandmother and the father has to raise these children without their mother. And, you know, 42 million right now, you can, you can, you probably can live off of that for the rest of your life. But then, 20 years from now, that 42 million may not be anything. You know what I mean? Right. And on top of that, that 42 million, do they take taxes off that money? Like, do you have to pay tax on that money? 
I think it, you know, I thought I read one time when it's awarded to you that way, that you do not have to do that. But then I could be wrong. But of course, you know, they're not going to get the whole 42 million because, you know, you got lawyer fees and all that. Right, kind of right. You know, so, so it might as well be taxed if it's not taxed. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. but, but whatever amount they get will be a nice piece of change, I'm sure. But it still won't erase the fact that, that, you know, a mother lost her daughter, children lost their mother, a man lost his wife, that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, but I wanted to bring attention to that. Um, hopefully, with enough comments and enough um, exposure, they'll get that hospital shut down and find out who's responsible. You know, make sure that they, those people, I mean, I hate to say it, but their license and their certifications should be revoked. Revoked. Yeah. yeah or so. at the very minimum, should be reviewed. And, you know, what, whatever corrective actions or disciplinary actions or removal. Well, a lot of times it's either suspension or they just revoke the uh, the certifications or they, they won't allow them to practice anymore. It's, it's crazy, um, you know, but something needs to be done, especially since it seems to be happening a lot to black women. Mm -hmm. So... But we'll keep an eye on this story, and hopefully uh, we'll hear something real soon about um, how they're going to handle this. Okay? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. All right, All moving right, well, on to our next story. Yep. So so my, my next story is an interesting one. And um, so just to give quick background, and Dave, you know, we talked about this a hundred times, and I, I'll ask you again just to see if your, if your answer has changed. Are you looking for reparations? Are you looking for your 40 acres and a mule? Uh, I'll take the 40 acres. I don't need the mule. <laughs> well, 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 Dave, how how you going to grow them crops without the mule? If I get 40 acres, I'll, uh, I'll deal with it. Don't worry. I'll, <laughs> I'll make it happen. <laughs> All right. So I'm about to play this clip. Um, this is in reference to um, this is a, a mayor of a, um, well, it, it's not a large town in California. I've never heard of it but it's probably a middle sized to small town. So I, I just want to um, kind of play what he had to say and then we can kind of talk about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows who's going to pay for it. They don't know final numbers. They don't know very yeah. much about these, these reparations. And yet these panels in San Francisco and statewide keep coming forward saying, we need all this money to go to these people and we need it now. Yeah, it's a big problem. You know, first off, psychologically, we know that giving people massive amounts mm -hmm. of money generally doesn't work out very well for the people that are getting the money. But in this case, it's going to stoke racial tensions. It's going to stroke racial jealousy. Mm -hmm. One group uh, being pitted against another group. I imagine that's going to increase violence. It's going to take care of the, it's going to hurt the, the free market, you know, the housing costs. Everything is going to be turned upside down by this. I mean, that's assuming that the state can really make good on its promise and actually pay out this amount of money, considering we're, what, what $24, million, $24 billion right. in the hole already. It could be $30 billion, and that's a risk as well, because if you don't, if you, if you come forward. So, Dave, I'll just stop it there. For anyone who, you know, sometimes it's always easier to see the video and hear it, but the, this mayor of a smaller town in California basically says 
giving handouts doesn't work and reparations for black Americans will lead to racial tensions, jealousy, and increased violence. What what you think about that? You know, I was sitting there listening to him as he was talking. And I think I have an idea where he was trying what he was trying to say. Of course, it you know, with him being the person saying it, it's never going to come out right. You know what I'm right. saying? Uh, if you feel where I'm going with this, because I think he made some valid points, but is he the person that should be making this point? These points, right. you know what I'm saying? So, um, yes, it could cause some problems. Um, you know, all we, you know, reparations is a word that's been thrown around for years in reference to people of color um, because of all this that's happened to us over the years and all the things that have been taken from us. And I should include our American Indians as well, because, of course, a lot has been taken from them as well. Um, but um, when it comes to reparations, you and I have talked about this before, the people who would be getting the money are really, are we really the people that deserve the money? Hell yeah, what you mean? <laughs> no, but I mean, but it was our forefathers and our, 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 our ancestors that really, you know, bared the storm and uh, weathered the storm and, and took the brunt of, of everything that went on that, and they lost so much of it because of it. Now, of course, you know, as ancestors and people um, who are related you know, um, to these people. Yeah, of course, it's a big boom. I mean, none of us are going to turn it down if it's handed to us. No, of course. You know, especially, you know, in a big state like California, even though they say they're $30 billion in the hole already, we know they can come up with the money, all that money that's floating yeah. around in California. So I just think that um, it it would be good to be able to get your hands on that kind of money. But I also feel that some of the things that he said is right. There could be some issues. Well, let, let me ask this, Dave. And, and and I don't doubt that. Is it our fault? So, so here, let, let, let me give you an example. Well, I'm sorry, not an example. But th this is something I was thinking. <clears throat> if you have Okay, let, let's say your car, right? You wake up tomorrow morning, somebody stole your car, right? Oh, thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> Not knock on wood. Yeah. Somebody somebody stole your car. The police come to you a couple of days later and said, Hey, we found your car. And the thief who sold who stole your car sold it to this old lady for $5,000. So this old lady has your car that she bought not knowing it was stolen for $5,000. Yes, it's not fair for them to take the car from her, but they're going to give you back your car because you are the rightful owner of the car. And unfortunately, she's just asked out. Right. <laughs> 
So my point with the reparations is, okay, I understand it may ruin the economy. You know, it may deflate the dollar, you know, all that stuff. What and, about and, the violence? What about the violence, though, that could happen from it? Well, hold on. Let, let, uh, let, let me go to the racial tension and the jealousy. <laughs> okay. The racial tension and the jealousy ain't going to come from black people. No, that it's racial tension. No, we already tension know. And that we, we know where it's coming come, from. We know, yes, we know where it's right, coming from. Right. Right. It's going to come from other people. Yeah. Now, the violence, Dave, I don't know. When was the last time you got a lot of money and you were mad? That uh, I was mad. I, I can't think of a lot. Uh, <laughs> exactly. But I know, I know there was times I got money and other people were mad. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, so um, but that, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of a catch twenty two. I mean, because it's just like when people well, hit the well, lottery. Well, in fact, Dave, before you finish that statement, let me go to my next slide real quick. This is the list of all the reparations payments in U.S. history, and I'll just start with the USA. Um, 1971 to the native, um, to the Alaska natives, 1980 to the Indians, 1985 to a different set of Indians, native Indians, 1985, two times, two different types of Indians, 1986, another type of Indians, and 1990 to the Japanese American. These are all reparation payments that were paid out. And okay. what, what what did they all have in common? They were, they were all black. <laughs> right. All right. Okay. And Dave, ne next question. And and this is the next slide I have. This is just your, your guess. From the beginning of the Ukraine war up until the end of October last year, how much aid do you think America gave to the Ukraine? Oh, billions. I mean, you you want to put a, a number on it? Oh, I say, I say, easily twenty billion. Seventy-five billion. Oh, see, uh -huh. yeah. more than I thought. Yeah, so, right. I knew it was so, in the billions, though. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was in but, the billions. But but you know, it's funny. So that's why when I hear like America doesn't have it, how will we give this money? Well, or where are we going to find the money? Dave, this was right after the pandemic. Where where did we find this money? Well, I, think about think about it. I mean, the, like I said, they they find the money for the people they want the money to right. go to. If you go back to your last slide, I want to uh -huh. I want to I want to point out something to to people. Nineteen fifty two. No, yeah, nineteen fifty two. Germany gave $822 million to Holocaust survivors. Right. Now, that's 1952. <laughs> Millions. Okay. But then in 71, now we weren't even throwing the word, and I'm telling you, I was I was living, I was a teenager back then. Mm -hmm. We wasn't throwing the word billion around in 1971. <laughs> okay. But yet in 1971, the USA gave a billion plus 44 million acres of land, gave $1 billion plus 44 million acres of land to Alaska natives. 1971. Right. 
like I said, we weren't even using that word billions like that. <laughs> so, so the money's been around. It's always around. Um, and they always seem to come up with it. Even in 1990, they came up with $1.6 billion or $20,000 each. Oh, now that's interesting. $20,000 each. Yes. <laughs> Think about that. To Japanese Americans. 20000 I got to say that one more time. $20,000 yeah, each. So it's basically, are you Japanese American? Oh, I got something for you. Here. $20,000. That's amazing. That's amazing to me right there. Um, that makes that the reparations thing. Yeah. When they want to find the money, they can find it, but they gave out all this money to non-black people. Right. Japanese, American, Indians. I mean, but none has been paid out since 1990. Now, I find that really interesting. So we know they've been stockpiling money. I know things are, you know, of course, the economy and everything's going up since then. But there's money out there. And, and if you think about it, all this money has been given out prior to 1990. Nobody killed each other over it, right? Mm-hmm, right. And, I mean, and they, when, they got they, little, when they got handed that twenty thousand dollars in nineteen ninety, nobody said anything about it, right? Right, right. And you know they talk about ruining the economy, Dave. You already know they if they give us thirty thousand dollars each, there's gonna be a large percentage of, of us that are gonna give that money right on back to the economy. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you because know, we already know <laughs> we're gonna spend it. We we going on trips. We yeah. we doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we 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 doing trips. We buying cars. You and your line to be somewhere. Fly. Y'all didn't bought a jet or something, knowing right. y'all. Yo, you know. <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, you know, if the reparations ever happen, I mean, California is the perfect place to launch something like that. I mean, they've been talking about San Francisco. Was it? It was San Francisco, right? Yeah, that they've been talking about. I think uh, or um San Diego. One of San, San Diego or San Francisco. One of was, I think it was San Fran. I think it was San Fran. Um that they've been talking about for a while. They're supposedly supposed to be the first to do this, but they still haven't done it yet. And I think that was two years ago. We initially talked about it, right? I mean, I, I don't know. We we probably talk about it every couple of weeks, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need we need them to test it in Delaware. Let's see what happens if they test it in Delaware. You know, they can give us they can give us at least twenty or thirty thousand dollars a piece in Delaware, you know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, pay, yeah. Pay up. Pay yeah, yeah. Well, on a, so, so Dave, they they give you thirty K. What what you gotta do? Or what what would your plan be? Uh try to turn it into more money somehow. Okay. Um try to try to try to make it grow. Uh, even if I invested in something small or or, you, you know, um, there's a guy that I was reading about the other day. He took $40,000 and he bought three tiny houses, right? Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, he bought three tiny houses. Um, he he fixed them up. Um, he got them. They were basically stripped. He, I think he said he paid 10 for one, um, five for another. I mean, he did all the renovations and everything. And he's getting, he's getting like 
and he paid cash. You know, he basically bought them outright. So, and he's getting like anywhere from fifteen to two thousand dollars a month in rent from each one of them. Oh wow! Yeah, that's him. That's a that's a nice investment. He said. Mm-hmm. He said, "Man, so many people called him trying to rent those places because of the low housing market right now." Yeah, you know, definitely. So, so, but that's probably something I would do. Is, you know, I mean, you can't do. You can't do a lot with it, but you could do some stuff with it. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's see what happens when they start giving the money out. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'd be they, like that scene. Did you ever see Head of the State with Chris Rock? The remember with Chris Rock and Bernie uh, Mac? Remember when they said they told California to get out and vote because <laughs> um, Chris Rock was going to become president? And everybody ran out of, out of their houses and was screaming, trying to get to the polls. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we're gonna look like if they start right. giving money out up there. So, so, but yeah, folks, we'll keep you posted. If you, uh, I think you had to be you had to be a resident of California for what was it five years or something like that. Yeah, they. In fact, we we better hurry up and change our residency. I yeah, know. Let's get we're an make it just in time. Yeah, let's get an address in California just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, all right, moving on to our next story. Speaking of homes and addresses and so forth, I came across this story. I thought this was a fascinating story. Um, it says, homeless family of 18 gets help with housing in Los Angeles. Here we are. We're still in the state of California. A homeless family of 18 living on the streets of Westlake for four months now has shelter thanks to help from a local nonprofit that works to finding housing solutions, housing solutions for most vulnerable. The family is from the Honduras and includes five adults and 13 children and toddlers. They had been living in small tents on Alvarado Street near MacArthur Park this September. To use the restroom, if we didn't have money, we couldn't use it. We had to beg people to let us use it, said Anna Madrid. It's a very sad situation. The family flew, uh, fled from Honduras five years ago due to the violence, according to ABC7. They ended up in Austin, Texas, but lost their home due to issues with work permits. Once family members came to Los Angeles, they attempted to work with the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, but had difficulty finding residency due to the size of the family. To use the restroom, if if we didn't have money, we couldn't use it, and we had to beg people, they said again. On Thursday, the Dream Center notified the family that it would be that they would be able to place them in in a shelter. 100 times better here, to be honest, said family patriarch Jose Luis Garcia. Here we had the opportunity to be better and get a permit to work. According to ABC, the family was relocated as of Friday. The Dream Center has always tried to react swiftly to provide solutions in every situational um, way where children live on the streets. The organization said, we don't want children living on the streets. It's always a joyful moment when you can provide a safe place for families to take a deep breath from life struggles and to help them rebuild. So, you know, I, I, 
I can only imagine um, coming from another country, and we've, of course, over the last, what, five years, especially since prior to the pandemic, we've had a lot of people to end up here, refugees and so forth, to end up here in, in the United States. You know, I know they see so much on TV and on social media and so forth about this is the place to be, the USA. Can you imagine coming here thinking that everything's automatically going to be better for you? And it's not. Um, so living here, yes. I can see a lot of people coming here and think it's going to be different. But, um, I mean, I, I do believe, you know, this is one of the best places if you're trying to make it. Yeah, but when you got a situation like this situation with 18 people living in one space, trying to find some place for them to all live at the same time, I mean, 18, you, what kind of place would that be? You know, that's basically a house mm -hmm. that you have to have at least five, six bedrooms, okay, where, or less. It's going to be a spacious enough place where everybody can, you know, lay out on, you know, put mattresses and stuff on the floor or whatever they need to do. But that's that's a that's a tall task. I mean, they basically must have brought everyone in their family, yeah. you know, immediate family with them. You know, because, you know, of course, they make America seem like it's such a great place to all these people that are coming here. And we got issues here. No, we don't. You know, we can't. We can't. We can't provide shelter for the people who are from America. Right. And, you know, my job every day. There's people coming in every day saying that they're homeless and they need a place to stay and those type of things. You know, um, of course, a lot of it is based on how you handle your situations, but when you got people coming from places like Honduras and and Mexico and all these other places that they're coming from to the United States. Um, and they're looking for shelter. Now, now, if you come as a refugee, refugees, believe it or not, they get a lot of benefits that can set them up right away. Mm -hmm. They can, they get a lot of help if they come in as refugees, like uh, from places like the uh, Jewish Community Center and some of the other social um, services places or whatever and they get hooked up pretty well because they can come here they can get cash they can get shelter right away they can be put to work they can get work and they don't even have to have any type of ids or anything when they come here um you know uh, i mean as far as green cards or anything to be able to go to work right away it's really interesting um but then you have some people that aren't and have that refugee status that has to crawl and and scramble for everything that they get. Um, it's really well, unfair. They, they, you know, I think it's funny that I, I mean, so there's a quote where that says, "Darker skinned people suffer everywhere." Yeah, you know, I even feel true. like these refugees, the ones who are lighter skinned, they, you know, they kind of get a little more. Um, they do, you know, benefits than the darker skinned ones are the one they try to keep out. Yeah, as a, as as a social worker myself, I see it all the time. Like I'd be like, um, 
there's a uh, there's a young couple I was doing some uh I was doing their renewal the other day and these people came here from um uh, from another country they came in as refugees they're they're going to school they're, the school is being paid for they're getting cash from the state they they got a place that's being paid for by the state and I was like and these people are like 26 27 years old and they got two kids and they ain't paying for everything's being handed to them and I was but then <laughs> trying to think of the best way to say this <laughs> there was another couple who was darker skinned and you're right about this that didn't get half of the stuff that they got and I was like it's the same situation though and they came here they paid for their schooling's being paid for but they had to, but they didn't get the cash and everything else that the other people got. And this situations are very similar because I looked. So I don't know. It's it's weird, but um, we have to, we have to do, we have to um, just pay attention to all of this. And, and um, I'm glad that the family was able to get the help. Um, Look like California turned out to be the best place for them to be. And, some places in these larger states, they have really good social services and human services divisions that can help people out in the nonprofits and so forth. So hopefully they'll be able to um, succeed and be able to to do the things that they need to do um, to be able to make it here in the United States. So um, I just wanted to bring that story up because uh, I thought it was a good ending, you know, that they were able to find some place because you know, having all those kids out there on the street like that, and that's not good, you know. So, all right, moving on to our next story. Uh, I thought this was kind of humorous, and I wanted to, I wanted to, I'm going to have Leonard play this, uh, this video um, that Jamel Hill, for those who are familiar with Jamel Hill, uh, she used to be on ESPN. She's an author. She she has she's a podcaster. Um, you know she um, has a couple different shows. One of my favorite um, podcasts is uh, one she called she does call Unbothered, um, and she is giving her husband the business. You know this uh, we're in our football in the last couple of weeks of football the championship series. Uh, was last week uh, you have the 49ers uh, who beat Detroit and we have uh, Baltimore that lost to Kansas City. So these two obviously had a little bet with each other because uh, she's a San Francisco 49er fan. He's a Detroit Lions fan. And just take a listen to this video about what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined here at this press conference uh, by Ian Wallace, who has Wood, Wood. by Wood Wallace, who has a statement that he would like to read in the wake of the excellent comeback by the San Francisco 49ers who beat the Detroit Lions. Hello, everybody. I come before you a humble man because my team, the Detroit Lions, lost to my wife's team, the excellent and resilient San Francisco 49ers. 
If you're wondering how I got here, let me explain. <laughs> From the time it was decided that the 49ers and the Lions were going to play each other for the NFC Championship, I've been terrorizing my lovely wife with childish antics. I taunted her team and disrespected her 49ers merchandise. I, what's this word? Apologize. Apologize <laughs> to the 49er faithful for my immature behavior. <laughs> I disrespected one of the great franchises in NFL history. I apologize to Brock Purdy for calling him Jimmy. What's that? How you say that? Garoppolo. Garoppolo's twin. That was insulting. And since the Lions are quarterback, come on now. By the Dollar General, Ryan Gosling, I should have not clowned such an excellent quarterback. In closing, I would like to add that my wife is much wiser than me. I will one day learn to be a gracious, be as gracious as my wife so that I may avoid this kind of public humiliation. Going forward, I will not ridicule her anymore for being a lifelong 49er fan. While the Lions are at home eating a, a wish sandwich, if what, if appetizers. And what if appetizers? I'll be rooting for the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Go Niners. Not true. Uh, Wood Wallace will not be accepting questions at this time. Please allow him to have his privacy as he tries to get through this difficult moment. Thank you. This is a metabolism. <laughs> so, so what they did is they, they kind of made it like a mock press conference. And so, <laughs> so he was giving them the business. He wrote, and she wrote everything that he said, by the way. So he had to read exactly verbatim what, mm -hmm. what she wrote. And you could tell he wasn't feeling it. And um, the fact that she was really letting them have it. You know, uh, Jamel Hill goes hard. I don't know. Are, are, have you listened to any of her stuff or whatever? Jamel yeah. Hill, yeah, she goes yeah. hard. But, you know, and when, she, when she's on something, she does not play with it. You know, so she had been giving her husband the business about San Francisco all this time. And... Um, of course, San Fran won. They shouldn't have won because uh, Detroit was winning that whole game until late. Um, but, you know, I, I'm still trying to figure out, though. She got her husband sitting up there with a jacket and no shirt on. I'm no, like, no. okay, what's that What's that all about? <laughs> you know, so I, I didn't get that all, that whole thing. But the, the fact that he went on and, and played played it up, it's it, you you guys get a chance to uh, go to Twitter and take a look at all the comments. It's pretty cool some of the stuff that people were saying, you know. But that's just, it's football season, people, and a lot of people are into this. I mean, uh, um, it sucks that the uh, Eagles are not there, <laughs> you know, because they should be. But uh, you know, everybody's. You know, we got we got a big Super Bowl get ready to come up in a couple of weeks, and Usher's going to be the halftime entertainment. They said he's got a lot of people going to be be hanging out with him doing it. You know, doing um the show. Um, of course, I heard something today. They wrote there saying, "Will uh, Travis Kelsey possibly?" If they win the Super Bowl, uh, propose to Taylor Swift. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. That would be something. Um, you know, so there's, you know, this is going to be pretty big. Um, um, did you get a chance to watch any of the games over the weekend? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. All right. 
folks. I already knew the answer to that, by the way. I just thought I'd put it out well, there. Well, Dave, so I, Sunday I was at a swim meet all day, and, and Saturday, me and the kids, we were out. We, we were out in the field working. <laughs> That's what rich people do, by the way. People, work? people, they they, yeah. they work. They work on the weekends. They're out in the no. You're out in the fields. I, I got a yard. I got a work. yard. Work. <laughs> I'll have a field. You know so. You know well, so. Um. But um. But yeah. Uh, it, so it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty interesting this weekend to watch the games or whatever. But it still just felt like kind of empty because we know the Eagles are supposed to be there and the Eagles just imploded this year. So. Uh, but as long as the Cowboys are not there, I'm good. So, so I'm happy. So we'll see what happens. But um, I just wanted to play that for you because I thought it was cute. And, you know, um, there's a lot of husbands and wives and girlfriends and boyfriends that have opposite favorites, you know. So I thought that was cute the way they handled that, you know, even though Jamel, 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 you know, she – She's one of these people that will just get in your face with that kind of stuff. So she wanted mm. to make sure her husband felt it. So, but anyway, so I just thought that was cute and just wanted to play that for you guys. But check it out on Twitter. Go check the comments out. The comments are pretty cool. So, all right. All right. And moving on to our next story. Yep. So, Dave, the next one, not really a story. I just wanted to kind of bring it up. But um, of course, we are about to hit Black History Month and a uh, a day or two but you know i was like you know what what happened today in black history so i just googled today in black history and what i came found was um today in 1958 william wells brown published the first black drama which was called leap to freedom now if you're not familiar with william wells brown and i was not i'd never heard of him a day in my life he was a black anti-slavery lecturer, a groundbreaking novelist, a playwright and a historian. He was born on a plantation outside of Lexington, Kentucky, to George Higgins, a white plantation owner and relative of the owner of the plantation where Brown was born. And his mother was an African slave. So, you know, I, I just thought that little tidbit of information was something that, um, you know, we, we can kind of start ramping up our black history knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, we got to start early because we know how quick it ends, <laughs> you know, so um, black history month. Uh, well, we do get an extra day this, this year because it's, oh, it it's a leap year. Yeah. It's a leap year this year. So, so we do get an extra day. So, um, so matter of fact, a little black history, I was supposed to be born on February 29th and, uh, uh yeah, that was the day that they gave my doctor, or my mama, my mother's uh, doctor, um, as to the day that I was going to be born on. My mother was so worried about it because, you know, every four years, you got to wait for the 29th. I know. So, so, but I, I came early, so, I, you know, I made it on the 24th, you know, but it was a leap year. So, um, but um, that's, that's, that's good information. Um, uh, you know, there's so many people that we don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That have made their marks over the years. I mean, you know, we talk about the same ones every year. And, of course, they're all great. Um, as years go by, we lose more and more of our great lesbians and actors and celebrities and athletes. I mean, we, 
lose a lot of people. But there's so many people that have made marks over the years that we don't get to talk about. And I want to make an effort, you know, um, as we go through Black History Month, to pick out some of those jewels of those people that we don't talk about a lot. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So let's let's try to let's try to at least put a spotlight on a couple of them <laughs> at the time we do the show. Yeah. So all right. Um okay, so that brings us to your favorite part of the show, uh, which is Dave's Corner. And um and keeping in mind Black History Month since uh we're gonna go into it. I wanted to ask this to my partner here. We are in the year 2024 now. Does any of our Black history prior to the 1980s matter to the Gen Xers or Gen Zers as far as the way they move about their lives now? No. What's your thoughts on that? Okay. (laughs) He came right out. (laughs) He came right out. Uh, Okay, go ahead and explain. So, I mean, I guess my figurative question would be, why should it? Why should it? Okay. Yep. And, you know, the reason why I say it is because, and Dave, you can probably agree, these Gen Xers and um, Gen Zs are a very different breed. And, I mean, I it, it almost makes me sound old when I say it. But, you know, they they didn't grow up like us. They're growing up in the age of technology. And I just feel like, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, kind of like you just said, besides Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, maybe Marcus Garvey, um, maybe uh, Rosa Parks, Rosa Rosa Parks. Parks. Um, you, you know, maybe, maybe you know Benjamin Banneker and William E. D. Du Bois, but I mean, besides those, or Dubois, however you say it, um, you know, besides those, no, nothing really matters to them, and I, I don't even believe those people matter to them. Now, if we talk about Barack Obama, okay, I see that. Well, and of course, that's after um, nineteen eighty. Yeah, yep. but you know, I, I just feel like those people don't matter to them because they could never relate to them. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can concur with what you're saying. Um, I think a lot of the issue with Gen Zers and Gen Xers, and um, and if 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 you guys um have any that are listening to us, or 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 you want to check with your own Gen Zers and Gen Xers and ask that question. We love to hear the feedback from them, um, by the way. Um, but a lot of them don't think there's a problem, a struggle, yeah. if you if you think about it, because they've been able to get everything that they want. You know what I mean? They have the technology. Mm-hmm. They, they get, they're making more money now than ever, than, than we ever did at, at, at the ages that they are. You know, I was talking to a young lady today and, you know, I go to check what she was making, you know, and she's 25 years old and she was up there talking about she's barely making it. This girl making like $2,000 a week, Leonard. Yeah, I, I believe it. You know, and I'm like, huh? 
<laughs> you know, you're 25 years old. You make it two thousand dollars a week, and you can't make it. But this is this, you know, this. They don't feel that. I mean, are they really struggling? I mean, I mean, do they need to know what the struggle was all about? Um, when you look at the commercials and everything on TV, they're not showing black couples, right? You know, they're showing interracial couples. Okay, um, you know, and 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 they're showing other things that you know that they don't see that there was a they don't see what the fight was all about. They really don't. They don't know what that struggle was all about. So a lot of the people, I mean, Martin Luther King is probably and Malcolm X are probably two of the people that will always be in people's minds because they're always talked about, right. But outside of that, do they really care? And like you said, the answer is no. You have some that do, depending on whether in school, you know, there has been a boom in the HBCUs, um, enrollment and so forth. So they are learning some things in some of these schools, but not all of them. Um, in high school, we've talked. We've done stories about in certain areas where they've taken Black history out of the schools. Oh yeah, or changed it up where, you know, the, people don't get the full gist of what happened. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> it's 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 really a shame, and and it would made me uh, would maybe even think of that that whole. Um, Dave's Corner thing was because of something I heard on the radio the other day about, um, you know, uh, a mother was talking to her 16-year-old kid and said, Black History Month is coming up. What what do you think about when, you know, when Black History Month comes up? What, you know, do you do any research on any people or whatever? The kid just flat out said, no, what's Black History Month got to do with me? Right. And really, that's the way a lot of them feel. So, um, what's your, what, we'd like to get you guys thoughts on, on that. And if you talk to your children um, in reference to Black History and Black History Month and whether they feel like it affects them, you know, the past affects them in any kind of way. Um, we hear what some people say, you know, in Black History Month, they'll talk about certain people, like I said, you know, the Martins and Malcolm X's and so forth. Um, but they're only going to talk about the ones that are most widely known. But you ask them, you know, uh, about a Charles Drew or somebody like that, they may not know about it. Yeah, nah. You know, so, or... Um, Uh, so many different people um or you go to acting or something like a Sydney Portier i mean how many gen zers or gen x's would know who Sydney Portier is right now yeah, probably not many <laughs> see there you go so so but folks this test your this test your young people see what they had to say and see what you know if you if you can ask that question 
and and send us some feedback. I'm really curious going into Black History Month, just exactly how many people, how many young people would definitely say say how um how interested they are, you know, what their interest whether their interest level is high when it comes to black history. I like to know that. So please definitely if you have any feedback, please feel free to share the feedback with us. All right. Well, I think that's everything. Um so we definitely want to take the time to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the show. Lynn, you got anything you want to add before we sign off? No, I just hope everyone has a good week. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the start of Black History Month because we always see a lot of good information. You know, I feel like every year is something new. There you go. Yep. Uh, I agree. I agree. And it, it should be something new because we should be creating new history each and every day. So. All right, guys, we, we thank you. Uh, for listening and we will talk to you soon. Join us next week for another edition of News and Trends with your hosts, Dave and Lynn. 